Welcome to another Mind Body Story, the podcast that explores the connection between your mind and body and inspires you to embrace your authentic self. Whether you're seeking healing, personal growth, or a new perspective, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Anna Stefan, also known as the Aligned Body Coach, and I'm so excited to be your guide here. Join me as we connect with educators, mentors, and everyday people who have discovered the healing power of movement, meditation, or self-awareness. Get ready to feel connected and inspired. In today's episode, I am joined by Sarah Hawkins, who is a nutritional therapist and yoga teacher. We're chatting about her journey with IBS, but also how stress and your gut health are related and so, so much more. So let's get into it. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to chat. Um, tell us a little bit about you, what you do. Um, yeah, just a few things about you. Yeah, so my name's Sarah. I am a nutritionist and a yoga teacher, and I specialize in gut health, digestion, and disordered eating. Um, so my business is called Food is Good or Fig Nutrition. And I suppose the background of my business very much brings yoga and mindfulness alongside nutrition interventions to support people with chronic digestive issues to finally get relief from the pain and the discomfort and um, chronic bloating. Um, So I suppose my kind of business is based on a lot to do with my own experience with chronic digestive issues and I bring the yoga and mindfulness in as I found that those two were two huge aspects in my own journey and my journey from um, digestive issues. How did you, yeah, so how did you get into that? Tell us a little bit about your experience with digestive issues. When did you um, start having them and how was that for you? So I suppose I kind of always suffered with kind of tummy, tummy aches and stuff when I was a kid. So like um, if I was ever like worried or anxious about something, you know, like the few days before going yeah. back to school in September, I'd always be like, oh, I have a tummy ache and uh, yeah. stuff like that. And then I think it was maybe my mid-teens towards my late teens, maybe they sort of, I sort of started getting more issues with like bloating, tummy aches um, and things like that. So I went to nutritionists, different things and doctors and just, they couldn't figure anything out that was majorly wrong. Yeah. So that was fine, kind of just got over it. And then I ended up going abroad to study my nutrition degree. And um, that's when it got really, really bad. So I found myself kind of in constant, constant kind of pain, constantly bloated. Wow. It was like something that was just always overtaking how I felt, you know, like I'd be thinking about what outfits to wear or whether I'd go out and then later on I'd feel bloated, um, worried about drinking alcohol or going out for meals, different things like that. And um, where, so looking at me, I was, where did you go stu- uh, to study? Where was this? So I moved to Scotland. I studied in Edinburgh to do my degree. So, so um, it wasn't a huge kind of like difference in um, your Irish, right? So there wasn't a huge difference in culture or anything that could have impacted your... Yeah, yeah. And I suppose my... Yeah, food-wise, not so much. And um, most of my friends are Irish and that. So culture-wise, it wasn't a big shock. But uh, that was definitely when things went really bad. And that was kind of when I started going down the route of, okay, well, are there particular foods that are the issue? So I went to the GP when I was over there and they gave me this the kind of low FODMAP diet information sheet with no other real support. Um, yeah. After doing kind of tests, like blood tests and that to check everything else. So that was when I kind of started my route down the kind of, 
journey of restriction diets, elimination diets, cutting things out. Um, and also I was lucky enough to be studying nutrition. So that kind of helped that I could had the research skills to kind of look into things. But no matter what sort of foods I cut out, there just was no relief. Um, so I went through a good few years of that where it's just constant uh, battle. And um, that's where it led me down the route of yoga and, and mindfulness, I suppose. So I suppose throughout my degree, kind of just put up with it, got over it. When I graduated, um, I worked in hospitality for two years and I was working in a pub. So it wasn't really like a kind of busy night nightclub kind of late pub. It was yeah. more like a sort of local old man kind of pub. So the hours weren't crazy busy, but I had kind of this constant shift in, in a schedule. So I might be doing closing, going to bed at like 2 a.m. up again to open at 9 a.m., different things like that. Um, so what was your lifestyle up to that? So what was your your routine? Would you say you've always, you know, minded what you were eating or drinking or or would you say you were a little bit more relaxed in that regard? Yeah, so I suppose up until that point with the routine of my degree, I was in college kind of nine to five, Monday to Friday. So I had a more normal, regular routine. So you, you know, yourself getting up, meal routines were more regular and then I suppose just as being a student you have more irregular shifts in terms of what type of work you're doing on top of that so Monday to Friday had the college and then might do some evening shifts in pubs or um, I worked in retail for a bit then weekends you'd be working as well so I suppose during those four years you're kind of constantly go 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 because you kind of have to work part-time to pay for your keep and then you're working towards deadlines uh, dissertations different things like that so I suppose when you look back throughout those years while like I didn't feel stressed as such I was definitely in a constant state of go 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 my body was probably under a bit of stress and on top of you know u- usual sort of university work sort of considerations yeah. like I was away from home I was in a long distance relationship like there's a lot of things coming at me all at once so my body was definitely under a lot of stress and not to mention you know elimination diets food avoiding trying to avoid different foods which is also very you're stressful. always thinking about food you're so when you when you have something when you have a problem with digestion digestion when you're trying to eliminate all you think about is food like I know I'm going through this right now and you're like what am I going to eat can I eat this is yeah. this going to make me bloated is this going to to make it worse am I going to be able you know as you said to go out and enjoy an evening out without feeling uncomfortable or embarrassed or you know all those sensations so yeah and their toilet nearby yeah exactly yeah yeah I for one cannot go to the bathroom unless I'm home so it's a huge factor in whether I want or not to go out Mm -hmm. those things where it just can can completely change your social life as well absolutely and even that feeling of you know the isolation because you know it's like well more it's more than just thinking about going out it's like well is there who am I going out with is it someone that I'm comfortable with is there a toilet in your body is there food that might trigger me um yeah. so there's so much more to that that sometimes like you said it's easier to just say actually no I'll stay in and yeah. then before you know it you're in this constant state of isolation which actually is really bad for our overall well-being like we're very interactive beings we need social interaction and that contributes to that stress and that um you know, those negative feelings which can contribute to further digestive issues. So it's just, yeah, for a lot of people, lots of this cycle cycle in loads of different ways. So, um, so yeah, so that's 
that's this was background and then how I got to the mindfulness side of things um when I was working in hospitality I found that I used to be quite an active person but I found with the kind of physical strain of well not physical strain you're on your feet all day you just the energy isn't there to maybe go and do your usual gym exercises or field sport or whatever so I found myself kind of trial running uh yoga so I tried yoga once I think during my college years and I was like oh not really for me just wasn't quite the right teacher wasn't the right class and then I think it was my friend said to me one day oh I heard of this uh, new yoga class down the way do you want to give it a go so I think there was a group of four of us said yeah let's give it a go and uh, we went in and it was a mix of yoga and um, I think it was Tai Chi as well so it was Ooh, quite amazing. different quite mindful the movement was really focused with breath and it was so different to what we'd ever done before. And some of my friends were like, what was that? And I was like, no, nah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so personal, isn't it? It's Absolutely. So, yeah. As you said, yeah. I went to a yoga class and, and I tell this to everybody out there. You go into a class, you don't like it, and then you just never go back. Yeah. But key is to go to a different teacher. And it's not because one teacher is better than the other. Yeah. because it's so personal. You That's it. One teacher's words may may speak to you and one may not. And also the style. So there's so many styles of yeah. yoga there. Where, what class have you ended up in? Like where, what style, what rhythm, what pace, what, you know, so everything takes it. Go to a different class, different studio, different teacher, different style. And perhaps then there you go. So you yeah. found. This, uh, I think timing is big too, isn't it? Like sometimes we almost fall into yoga at a time when we really need it. And sometimes we don't need it and it doesn't hit right because it's like, that's not what I need right now. And other times it's like, this is exactly what I needed. And I mean, that was my experience. Like I was quite lucky, I think. And a lot of people I meet say, yeah, I, I found it when I was injured. I found it when yeah. I was going through a really stressful period or um I wanted to try something different so yeah I think you're right in yeah, saying most people's like, experiences when you need it you somehow end up finding yoga end up finding mm -hmm. your teacher and your class yeah exactly yeah and I remember that time like I almost walked out feeling that sense of you know your first yoga class where you walk out and you almost feel like high like yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. it's like my nervous system was stuck on like um go 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 for so long that that was the first time it like stopped in maybe like five years say and I was like oh this is what it's like to be relaxed like so yeah it was good very good um so what happened after that yoga class what, what changed for you so after that I decided I think that teacher was like my one at that point so I was like okay I want to try doing this more often I want to because I think I noticed how tense I'd got as well through like you know being on your feet all day um dealing with different things and in yeah in parallel to colleges I know I know I've done that throughout all of my years yeah so I was like okay this is a great way for me to move it's a little bit slower but it's keeping me active in a different way it's helping my stress levels like it was that was the moment where I realized like how stressed I think I was yeah so I, was like, well, I need to kind of deal with that and then as time went on I think I started going to a class maybe once or twice a week then and um I remember every time I'd walk in just like that's good and then over time I kind of started to notice hmm weirdly enough my bloating is much better my digestion overall is much better and that was just no longer a problem like I oh that's so interesting oh sorry 
Okay. So yeah, I think I can't remember when it was, but I just remember one day having this like aha moment where I was like, I'm not bloated anymore. And it was a case of like, I hadn't noticed it for so long because I'd been doing yoga for so long that I'd forgotten about it. Yeah, And yeah. I was like, okay, wow, something's changed here. And um, throughout that period, like my, I mean, everything else was the same. My food is the same. My work was the same. My outside life was the same. Um, yeah. Now my boyfriend had moved over at that stage. So that was one less stress. One less stress. Um, but yeah, so I kind of was like, okay, there's, maybe there's something to this. That was the one thing that really stuck out for me. So then I kind of went down the, the science route because that's always where where I come from, the evidence base, the science. And I uh, came across some new research kind of saying that, oh, okay, there could be some some like link to this, some actual biological evidence-based reason for this. And I came across this one study, I'll never forget it because it was 2018 and it was comparing the use of yoga against the use of the low FODMAP diet wow. managing digest or managing IBS symptoms at the time like I I was diagnosed with IBS that's what what was important to me at that moment okay so in this study it was quite small it was one group now and I, we can't go off one study but basically it, the outcome was that it showed that yoga was as effective at reducing IBS symptoms in these individuals as those who followed the low FODMAP diet and I was just like, what is the the diet you're mentioning before IBS? Is that is that I'm not familiar with it. So is that something when people get diagnosed with IBS, irritable irritable bowel syndrome? Is it? Is that what it is? That's yeah. It, yeah. Um, they get a type of diet or medicine. What is it? So the most researched dietary intervention to support irritable bowel syndrome is the low FODMAP diet. And FODMAPs are types of fermentable carbohydrates in various foods oh, okay. that can contribute to and trigger digestive issues and IBS for those with sensitive butt. And kind of up until that point, that was sort of like the gold standard. But with the low FODMAP diet, it's very, very well researched, but it's very important that you do it with a qualified nutrition professional. Not so on your three-part yeah. process, you do the uh, restriction phase, the reintroduction phase and the personalization phase. What tends to happen is people don't get access to a dietitian. They mightn't have the knowledge that they need to do it with a dietitian or a nutritionist. And they yeah. end up going down the restrictive phase and getting stuck there. Just cutting everything that is... Everything on this list. Hard. And this is yeah. hundreds of foods. Like. Wow. Um, and then they never reintroduce. If you don't reintroduce, you can't figure out what your triggers are. And that's where the personalization phase needs to take place. So it's like, okay, these are the foods that do work for me. These are the foods that don't work for me. And then you could have 10 people and three people might have the same triggers, you know? So it's, it's very, very personal. Very but personal. What it is, um, they don't tend to get to the reintroduction or the personalization phase. And then they get stuck in this chronic kind of restrictive diet. Yeah. They kind of have their list of safe foods and this can actually even worsen kind of digestive issues because it's only meant to be a kind of six week period. So, okay. um, so yeah, it's quite a, quite a tricky diet to follow as well. It doesn't, it's not easy to do if you want to socialize uh, a lot of planning, a lot of preparation and um, a, a lot, lot of psychological kind of, mm. yeah. So, um, for me in that moment was kind of like this huge aha moment. It's like, okay, there's another alternative. And for me, it was like having this to add in instead of having to take all these things out was a real game changer. So having experienced that anecdotally myself, 
was really amazing. And then to read the research was like, okay, so I've got two sides here. There is a link. Yeah. And then in terms of the research, obviously we need so much more. Like that was one study. You could find another study that say the total opposite. And there have been studies that say the total opposite. So it's all about growing from there. But there is a growing body of research building from that initial one in 2018. Um, and it's just amazing to see that area grow. Lots of research has shown that mindfulness supports digestive issues. So if you don't like yoga, you could try something like meditation, journaling, mindful walking. Yeah. Um, and having that kind of knowledge of the mechanism of action for me as a as a science, well, not a scientist, as someone who's studied <laughs> a science degree, that's yeah. what's really important to me. It's like, well, why does this work? How does this work? And yeah. then it goes, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was really, really the cool. Is there are no, so even if, you know, the study is small and the evidence is small, but there's no, no side effects to doing yoga meditation anyway. And, you know, if, if you're mindful, if you're, you know, if you're going into the proper class that works for you, for your body, um, then there's, and you don't injure yourself, then there's no side effects to doing it anyway. So yeah. Yeah. If, if it benefits, fine. If it doesn't, it will benefit in so many other ways. So it's not like exactly, it's, yeah. So, yeah, I think this particular area is slightly different to say, like a, a supplement or medication. Exactly, or something. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it just adds something to your life, whether or not there's enough evidence to say that it supports with um, IBS or digest, digestive issues. Um, there's no side effects to doing movement yoga meditation anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, when, that was really cool cool time and from that moment I that was where my I suppose yoga mindfulness journey started and um from there it was kind of like okay I have to find a way to bring these together because the more I started working with people the more I started to see that food isn't the issue here there's things like yeah. your 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 stress constantly yes. you're suffering with anxiety um your go 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 you're cutting out too many foods you know there's so many more aspects that that were causing issue then food itself but they were so fixated on the food the so stress about food. food the stress about what you eat that, exactly yeah that's, that's one of them then stress is very very i think i say this in every <laughs> every podcast recording so far i've said this it's so much in the body it's very exactly. very physical because we have this idea of stress being oh just something people talk about um in the head but it's very much in the body and especially how does how does how does stress manifest so from your point of view into those um digestive problems how did does it manifest yes that's science part best part um so some of your listeners might be aware of the the stress response if they're familiar with yoga we talk a lot about um fight or flight response rest and digest um so maybe i'll talk a bit about that in a moment but What's firstly really important to know is that basically our brain and our gut are very much connected from a kind of two-way sort of um, approach. So some people may have heard of, okay, your gut being your second brain, different things like that. But what does that actually mean? That's your gut. Exactly. Yeah. And we've a lot of us have felt that sort of gut feeling. Yeah. 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 So basically our gut and our brain are connected through a thing called the gut-brain axis or the um, the vagus nerve. And I like to think of this without going into the science side of things, it's like a two-way communication system or like a telephone line. So if your brain perceives a threat in front of you, it might call the brain to say, or the gut, sorry, to say, hi, just letting you know that there is something in front of us that might be a threat to our survival. 
we need to get out of here really quick. If there's any waste in that lower end of the digestive system, let it go. And that's where you might notice loose stools after if you're like maybe nervous for a presentation or a job opportunity or um, anything like that. Another thing might be, okay, the gut might call the brain to say, okay, we're eating loads of foods, but I'm actually full at capacity now, stop for eating. And then the brain like, cool, let's go. So they're constantly in communication with each other, constantly yeah. communicating. And this is really, really strong in things like stress, anxiety, and lots of other emotional states. You might find you feel butterflies if you're excited for something, or you might find that sort of sense of like you know that drop in your gut if you feel like fear so you know if you go on a roller coaster and it's like ah and your gut just like almost goes feels like something drops yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah so these are really nice ways to conceptualize and visualize that emotional tie to your gut and your brain and then if we think about the the fight or flight response so the fight or flight response is that sort of evolutionary response to a perceived threat to our life so we see or hear or feel that we're in a a moment or a situation that might be unsafe and in that moment our brain has to react really quick to say we need to get ourselves out of here so maybe decade or hundreds of thousands of years ago when we lived in the wild that could be a wild animal so in that moment we either need to fight it or you need to get out of that situation most cases it's to get out so these stress hormones are released blood is directed away from the digestive system to the working muscles to make us strong to make our body be able to run away Exactly. And our digestive system is essentially kind of paired off. So gut motility is probably going to be slowed down a little bit. Digestive juices are halted. And basically in that moment, we need to get it away. This should be a short term response. And then once we're into safety, that rest and digest comes back. And a lot well, of the time... You're stressed all the time, though. That's that's it. Yeah. We're in that constant state of fight or flight. So, And again, it might be a case of that bear or that lion or that predator could be something like um, maybe a stressful email that you got from your boss. It could be after you have a fight with your partner or your best friend. It could be financial stress. It could be relationship issues. It could be um, cost of living issues, all those sorts of things. And a lot of the time, all these things kind of come at once. And if I think, if we think back to maybe my experience, I was a student, I was working full time, I was in a long distance relationship. Um, yeah. So I didn't necessarily like feel stressed, but yeah. my body was under a lot of stress. And then obviously the cutting out foods, worrying about where that could trigger me and different things. Added like to it. Yeah. So under eating, overeating, all these sorts of things are all stressors to the body. And when we get used to that state of fight or flight, that's where we stop feeling stressed. And then it's a case of, well, I'm not stressed, I'm fine. It's like you might feel yeah. stressed, your body could be under stress. And that feeling of being under stress is causing that that issue in your your tummy so that can be something that can take some time for people to maybe explore and go into because we all hate that word stress how how do you notice though how do you come out of that feeling of I'm not stressed because you've gone your body has gotten used to it your mind has gotten used to that sensation of this is my you know this is my reality this is my daily life so how do you realize how do you come to that realization that oh actually I am stressed let me act on it let me do something about it yeah I think that's the trickiest part so I mean I think one of the biggest things too for people with digestive issues is there's a strong link between perfectionism high achievement these sort of things Mm -hmm. so these sorts of people are going to be more sort of prone to prone to 
high stress because that's the jobs that they go for that's they want to be constantly achieving um so being still is really tricky for them it's really almost confronting for them because it's it's not necessarily achieving it feels lazy it feels boring it feels uncomfortable and that's the big thing the discomfort of that stillness Mm. so a lot of the time we might get stuck in that constant go 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 so in case of identifying when you're in that state that's going to look different for everybody I think in the case of maybe the people I work with generally it's when they start working with me it becomes prevalent because they've got that outside person to say by the way this is not a normal way to live (laughs) yeah 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 so if you don't get that. that's your stress <laughs> when you don't yeah. It. yeah exactly or you might have that accidental trip into a yoga class and you come out feeling high that's, being like oh my yeah. god I've been stuck in this state for so long and then the dream you know it can definitely look different for different people or someone might experience an illness or an injury or different things that pop like forces them to stop that ch- tends to be a that's, big one for uh, me for me it was because I, obviously I'm a yoga teacher Pilates teacher I know all the theory and all that stuff but it was my my stomach and my digestive problems um that weren't going away and I was thinking what if is there a chance that mm-hmm. I'm stressed so it was just sitting down and being like obviously I'm not stressed you know I have everything I have a perfect job that I love um you know so so it was sitting back for a moment to be like what if what if stress is what's causing all of this yeah and you can do something about it that's it and it's always like you've just described there you know it's like I can't be stressed like everything's going fine I have a roof over my head yeah. I have a job perfect <laughs> I have friends I have a social life and should be grateful that. how can I be stressed yeah but it's yeah I suppose it's having that um almost giving yourself that permission to pause and really take a moment to look a bit deeper and say well all these things are great but is there any aspects of these things that could be hard for me right now so for work it could be a case of like that I've loads and loads of yoga classes and Pilates classes this week which is amazing because it's letting me do everything that I want to do but that's a lot on your body as well, isn't it? And it's, it's yeah. planning and getting to these places and different things like that. So or I don't have a lot of classes and then that's the stress of uncertainty of yeah. income. And, you know, and there's, it took me, you know, like that pause, that stop to think maybe my job, no matter how much I love it, has an element of stress in it. Mm. And of uncertainty yeah. of self-employed people. Yeah. And I feel like it can come in any way, can't it? If it was someone who's a high powered CEO, they could have millions coming into their accounts every year or whatever. But again, everything that comes with that or maybe somebody who's a busy mom working and then they think about, I feel that mom guilt. And that could be a really big one for females, too. It's like trying to navigate that that constant juggle and then never, ever having that time for themselves. And even that having that time for themselves to just sit with a cup of coffee completely. Your guilt then. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, if you do take that time, go to your yoga class or have that cup of coffee with a friend, then what comes after is just pure guilt of taking a break, pure guilt of not doing more and you no, know, just doing all the time for your kids, for your family. That's it. And I think with the culture we live in of always, you know, we're celebrated for doing, 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 achieving, achieving, achieving. And absolutely, absolutely. When, yeah. yeah it's really hard to actually just sit and do nothing. Like even if you're sitting and doing nothing, like not scrolling your phone, not reading a book, yeah. <laughs> you know, just actually looking around and seeing, oh my God, that 
that tree has a bird on it or you know stupid things noticing yeah and it's so how are you now with your with your um would you say you're completely healed would you because I know from experience you know I got into this because of back pain so now I'm free of back pain but it would come back now and then if uh if I'm not aware so where would you be right now with your with your IBS yeah so overall my IBS I would say is very much under control it's very it doesn't present very often but like anything like you said you get your back pain now and then it is the thing that's there and when it does present it's a moment for me to say okay why like what's going on is it a case Mm of I'm worried about something is it a case that something's a bit stressful right now is it a case of did I not eat enough fiber? You know, it gives me that moment to say it's always a signal for me now. Whereas maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, it would have been a case of, ah, oh, it's happened again. I'm so mad at myself. What did I do wrong? Yeah. I have no idea. It's my problem. Whereas now it's a shift of, okay, this is showing up. What do I need? And then it gives me that mm. opportunity to say, find my little IBS toolkit, which I work on with everybody that I work with. It's always going to be different. Some days it's, I need to go and do that yoga class. I need to go for a walk. Um, maybe I need to work a little bit less late yeah. this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to have that conversation with that person or I need to make sure that I'm getting more veggies into my diet. It can be as simple as that. Maybe I didn't drink enough water yesterday. Like the other day, I had a tummy, really bad tummy ache. I was sitting with my friend and then she it was like a hot day and then she all day we were in her house. She's like, do you want anything? Do you want a glass of water? I was like, ah, no, my water bottle's there in the bag. Did I touch the bottle of water? It was no. literally there and then I realized it's like okay I've had like a pint of water today it's scorching hot out of course I've gone to me like you know it's simple things like that it gives you the moment to say reflect and identify what caused it but yeah I very much see it now as a, a moment to check in and then identify what I need you've touched on something really big there is the fact that when we are unwell is when you're unwell you do blame yourself a lot and you're angry at being unwell and you're upset of not being well and 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 all this just just again we're back in that circle of adding more stress onto the mind and the body definitely accepting what's going on and you know just being aware of it is a big step it's it's that what what the skills I think everybody needs is not so much the the yoga class poses the flexibility the strength but that awareness of what is going on? This is going on. Okay, I got it. I have some tools. I don't have some tools. I'm going to reach out to a professional. Exactly. And like you said, the exceptions, I feel like that's something that comes up a lot in yoga, you know, where we accept what our body's able to do that day on the mat instead of yeah. trying to push it like we might do in another kind of, in an exercise class or something and accepting that this is where we are. And now we have the opportunity to then choose what is the most appropriate action to support that so and then you learn those tools of self-compassion as well as part of mindfulness training and things like that so yeah I think like you said it's so much more than the physical movement it's all those philosophy sort of tools that get weaved into the class that you start to absorb and learn for yourself and knowing your body listening to your body the all these you know all these clues that your body's sending you Mm -hmm. the the moment to pause and reflect and be like what is going on and so what would you say like if if our listeners would take something out of this right now and go do it 
what would be your one advice for someone who who has digestive issues or bloating or yeah i would say just open your mind to the wide range of potential triggers for that in my experience we get really fixated on the food mm. so every single person has come to me they're like what is the food trigger these are the foods i've cut out i've had no experience but we're not looking at the wider picture well how are you sleeping how are you moving your body is that movement you know intentional over intense yeah is it intentional or over intense which could be adding stress to the body um, yeah. are you beating your body up almost like for being bloated um how are your stress levels like nobody wants to look at that nobody wants to accept that they're stressed but it's the biggest factor every time are you experiencing on again yeah 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 are you under eating can you look at inclusion over exclusion so i think yeah my biggest thing will be it's going to depend on every person but just take a wider look at that move away from the food just for for a moment and think all these other factors could they be a potential trigger and um you're very likely then to figure out which area could be most most contributing to your issues yeah, I love that. I love that, especially coming from a nutritionist, because you you could be going to a nutritionist who has a just all food and diet approach. And then we're just looking at that. But you're looking at, at everything, at the holistic part of the of the issue. Is it your your stress? Is it everything else? So I love that. I really love that. Um, fantastic. And if um we wanted to get in touch with you. Where can we find you? Your Instagram website, anything at all? Yeah, so my website is www.bignutrition.ie. Um, my I'm most active on Instagram, so I'll just give the handle for that. It's at f.i.g underscore nutrition underscore. And then my email is sarah at bignutrition.ie. So yeah, always happy to answer any questions. I love the chats and the DMs. So anything at all I can help but just pop me a message and I'll do what I can fantastic thank you so so much Sarah thanks for coming today and really enjoyed this chat and we'll talk to you soon on Instagram thanks thanks for having me see ya